saying yes at each step, saying yes to a golf internship when I didn't, you know, didn't play golf, saying yes to, you know, marketing and sponsorships and partnerships when I knew nothing about that. And and truly trust the people, find yourself somebody in each step that you take that is an expert at what they do and learn from them. If you can, like just sit down and learn everything you can from the person who is really, really, really good at what they do. And even if you can be, you know, 30% as good as they are, you're, you're rounding out skill sets. Welcome to Ladies of Golf with me, Abby Liebenthal, a For the Ladies podcast. For today's episode of Ladies of Golf, I am joined by Katie McBee. Katie is Director of Digital Content Partnerships at NBC Sports Group. Before entering her current role, Katie was a digital content lead for tournaments and tours at the PGA Tour and a partnership manager at the American Junior Golf Association, where we first met. Thanks for joining me today, Katie. Hello, hello, good friend. It's so wonderful to see you and talk to you. I know, it's fabulous. I love to have a reason to do so. <laughs> love reunions. They're my favorite. Yes. Well, we first met during our time at the American Junior Golf Association. I personally completely stumbled into the AJGA, but what made you apply for that internship at the very beginning? Stumble is such a great word for how I got there as well. Um, so I was at the University of Florida. I was a public relations major and I was like, I need to get an internship under my belt. And the way UF works is they have a bulletin board in the journalism school at the time. So let's just throw that back to how long ago that was that there was an actual <laughs> physical bulletin board that you would go and look at. Um, and there was a flyer for the American Junior Golf Association. And the first question, do you golf? No, I do not golf. I have never golfed at that point, especially. And I had no more experience with that side of things other than knowing I wanted to work in sports and I was the sports editor of my high school yearbook. So this was, this was literally just a shot in the dark that I took. And I think the first time I applied for that internship, I was maybe 18 when I applied. So I was very, very, very young. Um, and it's still, I think, a funny shock to all of us that I got it that year. And we always <laughs> joke that I may have been the last one in. Um, but it really just, it was there. And then I feel like forever later, here I am. Amazing. Um, when you were there and when I had met you, you were working more in like the partnership sponsorship side. And then um, when you started at web.com, you were in tournament business. So why and how did you transition into digital content? Again, I just, I always like to say I stumbled into so much of like the next steps in my career and every single yeah. stop has been phenomenal. So uh, I kind of just go where the road leads me. Partnerships was the first stop at the AJGA that was interesting because as I worked with you on the communication side, originally, like when I was an intern, I was communications, I was PR. Well, I got out of college in the middle of the recession, which feels very mm. familiar to these days. But um, we there were no jobs in communication, candidly. And it wasn't until four or five months after my last internship with them that they called and said, hey, we have a job opening, but it's in partnerships. Are you interested? And of course, my very unemployed self said yes. Uh, and I was lucky enough to get that job, which led me there. 
And similarly, that happened with the web.com tour at that time. They had a tournament business affairs job open. And I said, you know, that's somewhat similar to what I'm doing on partnerships, but more with tournaments and title partners and things of that sort. Let's try it out. And it worked great. And then that got me to the next role of working within the PGA Tour with all of our different groups and especially the digital team because the web.com tour is this wonderful, unique spot where it's it's a lean team. They do amazing things. They are just the hardest working group. But candidly, you kind of have to beg, borrow, and steal back in that time to like get yeah. some assets because there's amazing things happening. And it's not to say that that tour was thought of any less, but truly, we just did more with less. So sure. um, I was making contacts across the tour of asking for, hey, can you help with a video? What can I do? Uh, I baked a lot of cookies as thank yous back in that day to say, please oh, do this favor for me and I will buy pizza or cookies for your team. Uh, and apparently those cookies, they really paid off because uh, when a job opened up with the digital team, they came to me and I just, I was so excited because uh, by that point, you could see the market shifting. You could see this cool new opportunity. And I always say, when I got out of college, being in social media was not a career. You could not do that. So I always laugh and say, like, I found myself in digital content, which didn't exist when I left college. So very fun. And then what does a role in digital content at the tour then look like? Uh, that's also one of those you wear every hat. And I think in the digital content space these days, you'll see across the board is that teams, no matter what league you work in, no matter where you work, they're asked to do a lot. So you can have someone who is a copywriter, a graphic designer, a video production specialist, and all of those things tie into digital content. And I don't think that's necessarily changed. I'd say we're seeing that shift towards, let's get the best specialists we can in to help with our digital content and maybe not ask as much of our staffs. But mm. on the tour side, um, in my role specifically when I started was, yes, digital content and knowing what was going on in the world of social media, which is ever-changing as we know. But it was also just being a consultant, for lack of a better word, for all of our tournaments and our title sponsors and trying to keep them up to date with, hey, here's what the tour is doing. We like to be on the front, you know, the front edge of doing things and, and trying things out. And we would take those learnings and I was able to then take those and share those with our tournaments and our title sponsors to help them grow. So um, I loved it. I'm the type that thrives on just something different every day. And I absolutely loved different tournament every week, different title partner, different, you know, players coming in, whether that was from the PGA tour side or the new corn fairy tour grads as we as we changed over sponsors there as well. So I like a little bit of variety and I, and I got to do a ton in that role. Well, to use your term, you then stumbled into NBC Sports Group. As stumbling was is always great. Stumbling um, is just phenomenal. It's gotten me fun. Yes. <laughs> um, how, what sort of opportunity arose that where you were like, yeah, I want to do this next. And, and NBC Sports Group, that's not just golf. So it I'd is, love to hear about it. It is, uh, again, my favorite stumbles. They just keep coming. And <laughs> um, so when I, when I left, when I was in college, my dream was always to work for the Olympics. Okay. That was just in the back of my mind. And I never made it out to Colorado Springs to work at the USOC. And it really was a goal. And so I found myself in golf and I kind of never left. But um, mid-pandemic in 2020, my husband got a wonderful job opportunity in the Washington, D.C. area. 
And it was just so good. We couldn't turn it down. So mm. I, that put me in a very interesting place of, again, we're mid not recession, but pandemic, which felt very similar of looking yeah. for a new position and saying, okay, what do I want to do? Where am I now? And, wh- and where do I want to go? So uh, the NBC sports job came up at just kind of the perfect time of, of me assessing what I wanted to do. And I always laugh because when I was doing the interviews with the team and I, and I laugh looking back on it because every single person on the team was like, this is what this job is. And they, and they necessarily weren't always the same. And it was a very, you know, in-depth interview process as a big company has. Um, and, and some places that's a red flag. And I laugh about mm-hmm. it looking back. And, and I remember bringing it up to my boss at the time and saying, Hey, you know, I'm a little concerned that you're all saying different things about this role. What does that mean? Oh. And he goes, they're all correct. And I said, Oh, okay. So looking back on it, they were all correct. And that's because the role that I ended up getting was a little bit of everything. They weren't wrong. It was focused on digital content. It was focused on partnerships. It was focused on social media and things like that. And that was just the span of what this group was doing at the time. And it was hard. Everyone just had their own specialty area that they were very concerned about. And so it was wonderful to be able to look back on that and go, huh, they were really right. They worked out great. But... I was I was thrilled, and I do remember telling uh, the HR gal at a, at NBC at the time. I said, "Look, I've always wanted to work for the Olympics. It has been a dream." And she said, "Well, congratulations! You're one step closer." And I said, "Hey, thank you. That's fantastic." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and obviously, like you said, you know, you did work in golf for, for most and all of your careers up until this point. So what was like a lesson or something that you brought from all of that experience in golf now to your current role? Um, I Golf is just, golf is this weird ecosystem of like, it's a large industry, but it's also so small and everyone knows everyone. But at the same time, Working from the tour side of things was, it taught me so much about making connections, not just externally, but internally as well, and trying to find ways to bring people together, see the efficiencies, just really take a step back and see the larger picture of where I work. And, and I always call it the game board. If you can see the game board, you can always figure out you know, if you're going to take the shoot or the ladder or wherever you're going to go. Um, it's just helpful. So coming to NBC Sports... Half of my job really was still in golf, so that's fantastic. Um, and learning, you know, their top of top of the the world, you know, team on the Golf Channel side is amazing, and working with them. But working with the NBC Sports side was so new because that's a huge, huge industry. It's a huge group. There are so many specialized people, and you know, coming into that and having to learn an entire new company was somewhat daunting, candidly. And I work remote. And so that was a little bit more daunting of I'm not there. I can't go walk up to somebody's desk, you know, post pandemic, we weren't doing that anyways. But what I took from the PGA Tour and back from the golf side is trying to make the connections of saying, okay, let me go see what I can do to help out the head of our social media team. Do they need help with Olympic golf? Can I step in there and bring that knowledge, but bring it to the larger team? Um, and that team is wonderful to get to know. And then doing kind of the same thing, I, I was able to step into some of our other projects and really meet new groups. And I'm learning a lot about different sports. So all of this is just happening at the same time of you know trying to make the connections, trying to figure out how a large company like NBC Sports works. And then also just seeing how I can help other people and help our team grow. Um, I have learned a lot about a lot of different random sports and that has been honestly phenomenal as a huge sports fan. And it's just, it's fun every day. 
What are some of those sports? Let's see. So um, Tour de France, I got really into that over the summer, which which was interesting. It has a huge following for us on YouTube, um, which is where I'm focusing so much time. Let's see. Recently, the gymnastics, a track and field is, again, huge for us on YouTube. So it's sports that were always on my periphery of like things I could sit down and watch occasionally. But like if you had if you had asked me to name, you know, some of the the latest stars in the track and field space or even on especially the Tour de France stage, I may not have been able to do that. Um, So I'm I'm expanding my knowledge base. and, And it's really fun. We get some very interesting sports in there, too. We've had conversations with skateboarding and I'm waiting for the day I get a call about pickleball at this point because I know that's yeah. coming up, but it's it's wild. That's awesome. I'm honestly I was so excited for this conversation because I was like, what does Katie do every day? Because <laughs> <laughs> the job, I mean, you know, just like looking at it on paper, I'm like, that's awesome and like a great trajectory. Um, it, you know, every day is different, I'm sure. But if you could give an example for somebody who's like aspiring to be in your role, what does a day look like for you if you're at like a golf championship? How, what are you doing that day? Yeah. So that's, like I said, that's the one half of my job that feels familiar and comfortable. Um, but it, and it's, and it's so much that I love about it. So if I'm on site at any of the major championships that we work with, you know, um, it can depend depending on which partner I'm working with as well. So they're all a little different, but my day, let's say for a Ryder cup or something like that is heavily content focused. So if someone is trying to quote unquote, do what I do in that role, it's social media, it's knowing strategy, it's cropping images, it's making sure the best videos are being edited and produced. Um, if this is, you know, a different championship, I may be producing a social media show for a partner, which is a completely different world as well. And is a little bit more, you know, live and working with talent, which is so much fun. And then I'll go into another championship and I'll be the on-site person for all website needs and making sure, Hey, their staff is trained. We've got, you know, streams going to the site and making sure everything is working. Um, backend clipping is happening. So Every day is different. And and that even applies to each of those separate partners. Like every day at the Ryder Cup is different. There is not one day that you're on site there that is is the same. And and it's fantastic in that sense. Um, But it's just, there's always something different to be done and different to be learned. And especially on the golf side, um, I just feel like with digital media growing the way it is, there's always really new and cool things that we're bringing to that audience specifically that maybe we've taken from other sports that we've learned about a little bit and bringing those audience learnings over. So just the world is our world is our oyster, as we say. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends at Five Iron Golf, the nation's leading indoor golf and entertainment experience. They have 16 locations across the U.S. with seven more on the way this year, and it's the perfect destination to play, practice, and party. We just hosted our first For the Ladies event of 2023 at the New York City Herald Square location and felt all the good vibes thanks to everybody who showed up. Players of all levels are welcome to work on their game and their social life at Five Iron with TrackMan Sim simulators, certified golf instruction, custom club fittings, and a full bar and restaurant. Everyone is welcome at Five Iron to play around, take a lesson, join the leagues, or tee up your next night out. So do you still need a Valentine's Day gift? Get your loved one the gift of golf. When you purchase a Five Iron membership, you can get up to two free lessons. Five Iron members get perks like free daily hitting and 20% off lessons, peak rentals, league teams, and more. Go to fiveirongolf.com to check it out. Now back to our conversation. 
Yeah, for sure. How do you take something like golf then and transition it to something like the Kentucky Derby? How do you take your skills and use it in a sport that maybe you don't know as well, but you know how to do digital content well? Oh, that's the best way to put that because the Kentucky Derby to this day is one of those, like, I can't believe I went to that event and let alone they sent me to that event type of deals. (laughs) And, and I'm not trying to humble brag on that, but to, to exactly what you said, it was being in the golf world and being someone who does produce digital content. That was something our branded partnerships team really needed for a Kentucky Derby shoot. And at the time, they were looking around and they're like, oh, we might have to hire externally for this until my name got thrown in, which I was so thankful it did. And they said, hey, Katie, do you want to go to the Kentucky Derby and, and, and create a TikTok video? And I thought they were joking with me. Like, what a what a what an email to get. Um, wait, one video for TikTok? That's what we need. Like, that's what we're doing. And they said, "Yep, we are. You know, trying to debut branded content on our TikTok channel for the first time. We've not done this before. We need to send a producer. We're going to shoot for the day with our partner out there, who is wonderful to work with. Could you be the end all be all for this? Can you go produce, hire somebody for us to to you know bring be our videographer, things of the sort." Um, I don't think I've ever responded faster to an email, which was was immediately, yeah. yes, please. Um, and then I also don't think I've ever immediately said, I need to go shopping for an outfit, which is a completely separate issue. <laughs> but, yeah, it's amazing. Um, but just knowing... And it was one of those things where I knew not much about the world of horse racing. That was my first That was my first time ever going, obviously, to the Kentucky Derby, but I had never been to a horse race at all. So... Okay. That was the unknown, but I was incredibly confident in the foundation that golf and digital content has given me over the years to go. The production side of things, yes, I can figure that all out. The partnership side of it, not a problem at all. We will figure out the last you know, few things that we have to figure out on site at the Derby and what that looks like. Um, and it just made it a lot less stressful. It was something very familiar, even though the sport itself was so very unfamiliar. Sure. When you say branded content, do you mean content that's like in partnership with like a Woodford Reserve or what does that mean? Exactly. So this was um, with Ford, who is a partner of both NBC's, but also the Kentucky Derby. So they are fantastic sponsored. They've been part of that event for years um, and they wanted to partner with us for a piece of content that showed the experience that they do something really, really special. They bring in their employees from their local plant in the Lexington area um, for a day like unlike any other, truly. That's like a VIP experience doesn't even um, explain it. They call it their very important, their VIB with a B there, very important builders, because that's what they call their, their team members. Um, and working with them to say, hey, what is really important to you? And for them, it was making sure that our guests, our VIBs have the best experience ever and that we're showcasing that for them. It was almost like a, like a recap of their day, if you will, at this incredible event. And I mean, what a Kentucky Derby to go to as well. I can't, I, this year was right. just absolutely insane. But um, it was a lot of partnering with them to figure out, hey, what is it you want, which we already said, and then how do we translate something that is sponsored to something that makes sense on NBC Sports's channels. So that's where going back to our internal teams and saying, hey guys, let's ideate around this. What's going to work best for our channels and really tell the story that Ford wants to tell. Um, and at the end of the day, I thought we we ended up with a piece of content that was so much fun. It was... The day itself was amazing, but 
finding that happy medium is what branded content is all about. And, you know, telling a story that makes sense for both sides uh, and your audience. Yeah, that video was beautiful. I think I saw it on your LinkedIn and I was like, this is so fun. <laughs> it was, I mean, uh, candidly an amazing experience. I can't, I, it's the Kentucky yeah. Derby. You can't beat it. So what would be another event in 2023 outside of golf that you're like, I really want to be there? There are so many. So yeah. I've already said, I've mentioned the Olympics. I feel like I'm the poster child for the Olympics. Uh, 2024, yes, no ultimate goal. I would love to get to Paris. So that is, I'm just already scheming and plotting and sending all those cookies I already talked about to whoever <laughs> I can help out for that event. Um NBC Sports does so many events and so many cool things. So like, if I had had the chance, the World Cup is going on right now. Tell sure. Mundo is our partner who is down there covering that. I mean, I literally would do anything they would ask at this point to go to something like that. We had the Super Bowl last year. We've got um, just amazing events that are just the top of every single every single sport that they're in. These are the events that we cover. So I wouldn't say there's one. I would say that even back to my own golf, my own golf bit, we have Ryder Cup next year. I'd love to make it to an open championship. It's one of those I've never been to. So that's on the list. But there's just so many. I, you could send me to any of them and I'd be thrilled. Totally. Yeah, I get that. Um, so how many do you travel a lot still? Uh, it varies. I would say that what was interesting with my job with the tour is I traveled to our tournaments, but I didn't go to the major championships generally because those were run okay. elsewhere. Um, and my job with NBC Sports has kind of flipped that where I tend to travel to major championships. Um, and that's one thing I actually didn't say that I have loved about this role, but I do want to call it out is I worked at the tour for so long, which is, you know, the pinnacle of men's golf. I get to go to I get to go to LPGA major championships now. Like to me yeah. as a as a nerd of of golf, I am so thrilled to go to those events. So going to the KPMG Women's PGA. That's a bucket list item for me and it's not something I had ever gotten to do. So having those type of opportunities is like equally as important to me. So I travel yeah. I'd say 7 weeks a year is usually what I say is is oh, my number good. and then it's like you throw in random meetings and random trips and things like that but we throw in between the majors and the players and then you know some of these other events that we cover I'd say 7 to 8 weeks a year travel okay not bad. not bad not no. at all it's a good happy medium when we talk about like our AJGA lives and then like that, you're like, oh, it's great. <laughs> it's it's funny. I think over the years, that's been something that I've I had to like every year I get a little bit lower of like, yes, the first year you're straight out of college. You're like, send me yeah. everywhere. I'm happy to travel. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, I got to go on a Tuesday and we've got something going on here in DC that day. So uh, I think we finally hit that happy, like, what is that number? And mine would be anywhere from like seven to 10 weeks on the road. Sure. A little That's extra good. if it's a Ryder Cup year, which you take a little extra time at. Yeah. Um, well, I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about content creation because I think that it's become a very like generic term because you have content creators who are like influencers and then you have content creators who are talent. And then, of course, your role in which you're creating content for channels, for an organization. Um, what would you say makes a successful content creator in your area of field? Uh, it's a really good question as well. It would have to be staying on top of not just what's happening in the world of social media or digital media, but also knowing your audience. So mm. I always say like you can create really amazing content, but if it's not what your audience wants to see, if it's not the right content for the right audience in the right place, especially, 
it falls on deaf ears. So you kind of just have to know where your fans are, what they want to see, and then bring that to them while also trying to innovate and trying some of these new things. So um, on my end, that's always trying to, you know, stay up on all the blogs and, oh, we've released reels or, you know, shorts has been the biggest thing on YouTube this year and staying on top of, hey, how are we developing that? What is our strategy across our platforms to make sure we're testing these new outlets for content and then learning from what we've already done? So if you're coming into the digital content role like I'm in, it's it's kind of just playing um, full court press on like what's new, what's happening, while also just listening, so much listening and analytics. Got it. Nice. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I think, yeah, we do. So we do sometimes get caught up in what's like shiny and new and you have to know what, where are people actually looking for your content too. Exactly. And, and the benefit of it all is you get to work. And this is where I talked about specialists earlier. It's like you get to work with people who then once you decide what you want to do that are really, really, really good in their specialty areas. So whether that is a a talent, you know, a piece um, a person who does talent, finding the best people in those roles is amazing and getting to work with them is awesome. They make your life so much easier. Finding great videographers, finding great creatives or graphic designers. And I think that to me is the most fun part of my job is getting to bring in these amazing, you know, talented people and and having them create for us. And then just kind of just getting to enjoy it on the back end and going, Oh, that was really fun. I got to see someone, see something new, learn something new and just work with the best of the best in their own specialty areas. Do you have a like creativity process? Because I feel like you can get into a rut, um, if you're just like, okay, I need this new idea. Like, how do you cultivate creativity? Maybe if it's just you or also with a team. I full on believe in, um, inspiration via others. Like candidly, I am a fan of so many different creators online and different teams and things like that. And I am always the type of that can look at a piece of content and say, that was incredibly well done. That team nailed it. How do we take what they did and don't copy it by any means, but but learn from it. Like, can we take that graphic and what made that graphic really sing? And how do we apply that to the channels that we're sending things out of? Or, you know, that piece of branded content was amazing. They really nailed the sponsorship aspect. What what part of that video really called the most to me? And then how can we apply that to some of our other sports? And and I'm like I said, I will be the first one to give kudos and props and thanks to, you know, all the amazing creators out there because truly they make our jobs a lot easier. Um, but just being inspired by them is, is what gets me going. Cause to your point, it's very easy to get into a content rut and then you're like, let's do something different. And if you're not following what else is out there, you won't know what's different. You're just going to keep doing what you're doing. So I'm, I I have a Pinterest board (laughs) of lots of, which is again, dating myself, um, gondola. I have a, I have an app there that I look through people's stuff. I follow everybody on Twitter. Uh, please don't shut that down right now. Cause otherwise I'm going to lose a very good source of my inspiration. Um, but it's places like that. And just trying to follow all the best creators. Um, even my favorites are to follow, young collegiate creators because talent that's coming out of the college levels is on even high school levels these days. I'm seeing graphic designers that are the most amazing artists I've ever seen. And they're literally like, hi, yeah, I'm going to be a freshman at insert college name next year. And I'm like, all right, well, call me in four years when you need a full-time job because I'd love to hire you. Like there's just so much talent out there at the younger levels. 
Yeah, totally agree. I should have asked you this more at the top, but what is, when you guys are creating content, what is the goal of it? Is it like tune into the, to that event or like, what is the ultimate goal a lot of the time? Yeah, it really depends. I'd say if we're creating on the NBC sports side, we are trying to showcase the amazing properties that we have on our channels and, and direct people with how they can see more of it. So the content that we put on YouTube has, you know, one direct purpose versus the content that our social media team for, you know, the golf channel or NBC Sports pushes out is really it is pushing to our, our to our linear platforms, to our peacock platforms, to pushing to some of these other ways that you can view our content, which is which is so integral and important. Um, but if you're looking at some of the partners that we create for, it's it's to be their source of information, but also their source of entertainment. So it depends on the platform. It depends on which channels we're specifically sending stuff out for. Um, yeah. And it lets you either, you know, it's mostly copy based, I would say that's where, you know, a lot of the pushing people to different channels and platforms comes in. But um, at the end of the day, if the content is good, that'll sing. And then hopefully people will want to see more no matter where they are. So is most of the stuff you're creating for like NBC Sports Group account or what is like an account if you're heading publish? Uh, so yeah, I work very closely on the golf side with some of our amazing partners. You know, Ryder Cup is my absolute, you know, the closest partners I work with and getting to work with their content teams on a daily day basis and, you know, come up with amazing content for their channels and, you know, and NBC Sports at times, you know, working across those groups. Um and then, like I said, on the YouTube side, it's, you know, we have five different main channels as we call them and every single one of them is different. So, um, the content we're creating there has, has very different audiences and purposes too. So every day is different. Every sponsor yeah. is different and all of these things are happening all in my same day as well. So it's, you know, it's not disparate things. It's always a little bit of everything. In your time, what have you seen be the biggest change in content creation? Oh, that's a really good one. I would say the push to video, hmm. um, short video, vertical video, as we know, I think, you know, TikTok changed the game and everybody is trying to keep up. And that alone in the last three years specifically, I would say, has changed so much about how we produce content, you know, even down to the way you shoot a video. You have yeah. to think of it differently than you would if you were creating linear content or you're creating something in a tra traditional 16 to 9 format, which is that horizontal, you know, digital format that we're all so familiar with. Flipping that to 9 to 16 has changed so much of what we do. I think a few years ago, I went to a conference and I think it was uh, National Geographic was talking about, you know, consumers as goldfish and our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter and the push to vertical video, I think, has has shown that in, in the sense of like we do flip through things incredibly fast. You have to catch people's attention more than ever because there's just so much content out there, so much great content too. And everybody can find exactly what they're looking for, thanks to the magic of the TikTok algorithm, especially, which is yes. scary accurate. But it's really changed the way that we create content in that we have to think a little bit more quick, social, moving fast. And I say that with the asterisks of you still have to have amazing copywriting. You know, there are still things that have to capture people's attention if you're on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or even Instagram. But like across the board, I would say video and the move to vertical has been the biggest shift we've seen. 
time, I was going to ask you about the shift to athletes posting their own content. Awesome. Um, I'm guessing that's probably like, how does that work in harmony then with what you do? And, and I'm sure like you probably saw a little bit of it in golf because golfers were starting mm-hmm. to create their own content or have teams to create their own content. How has that changed the game for you? To me, it's, it's made it so much better because oh, and especially I, I say this as a fan, I say this as a fan who wants that access to athletes that maybe we would never have before. Um, if there is an athlete who is genuine in what they're doing. So I will always love to throw out, I think Justin Thomas and Max Homa on the golf side are two of just who do it the best. They have custom content on their platforms. It's very clearly, it's them. You know, it's them tweeting. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with agencies tweeting for athletes. Um, I think anytime you can get like an insight into what they're thinking or even just who they are as people, I think that, you know, brings fans closer to, especially in golf, the game. Like if we can have ambassadors out there like Max and like JT bringing in more people to this game in any way possible, that's awesome. Um, And I am a huge, huge believer in content proliferation. So I don't even mind if it's me creating a piece of content that gets sent through, you know, those athletes channels. To me, A, that's a huge compliment that they would want to put that on their channel in general. But B, their audience is three times, four times larger half the time. So you're going, why would I ever gatekeep this content or feel very precious about it when now my piece of content that I got to have a little part in is on this athlete's profile and they've added you know, their own thoughts about it or what they want to do. And it just, I don't know, I think it's really cool. And if you can bring in, like I said, if you can bring in even one fan because that athlete is sending it directly and adding their own voice to it, that's a success. It, it should never be us versus them. It should always be how can we get content in the hands of the people who really want it? And then even some who don't know they want it. Love it. Um, before I let you go, what brands or accounts do you look to for inspiration? I know you mentioned like the college kids and the high school kids, but it's the college kids. And I feel like every single, every single time I've been asked this question, it changes. Um, cause I have favorite accounts personally and they are nothing to do with what I do. And they're absolutely just there for my sheer entertainment, whether that's like we rate dogs or things like that. Um, which I'd like to think I still learn things from because they are a phenomenal brand, but yeah, when it comes to just the inspiration side of things, you have to look, I look in the sports world at what teams, what leagues, what, you know, even athletes are doing it best. Um, and, and for so long, I always, I always said this, you know, the Clemson football team, Kind of. Oh, I say it every time. <laughs> they flip the they flip the game on it on its head, and especially when we talk about video, they invested so heavily. And I cannot, I just can't rave enough about what uh, Nick Conklin at the time was there and what his team there did, because not only is the product that they put out changed the game for I think collegiate athletes and collegiate athletics in general. Um, it's changed the number and the quality of content creators that are coming into this world of digital content for the better, just for not, like the uh, the people that I have worked with that have come from that school, from other schools that take that same approach, they are the top in their business. They are amazing content creators that I count myself lucky to work with on a day-to-day basis. But that has been the biggest shift, I think, in you know who the accounts that I'm looking to is that, that collegiate mindset of what are they trying? Because they have no fear. They're out there trying things right. and they're really leading the way for what we do, you know, for the rest of our audiences in the different demographics, but they they have no fear. They just try it all. And it's amazing. That's funny. You definitely put 
your finger on why, because I've always been like, yes, it's all the college teams, but it's because they have no fear. They're going to throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. You go from a team and it, and, it's, and it's not to say that, you know, small teams can't do it, but I would say that they have had a little bit of a shift in collegiate athletics from social as an afterthought to sure. social first. And that has been, I think the biggest shift as well in the industry is, you know, you, you don't look at social as an afterthought. The numbers that a social media platform brings in is, you know, I don't want to hit on, on digital media like websites because they are so important and they serve a fantastic purpose and you need content there too to serve different audiences. But the sheer numbers alone that are on our, our social media platforms, you can't ignore them anymore. You can't. I think everybody sees the value. And I think teams across all different parts of athletics and in the world of brands in general are taking note. They understand that that's where people are getting their information first. I once said to the... I had a great conversation on site at a golf tournament last year that said, hey, with a, with a volunteer. And I said, he asked about social media and digital media. And we we're talking about it. And I said, well, here's a question for you. Where do you get your news from? And he goes, well, you know, I watch insert cable television. And I said, cool. And he goes, well, where do you get your news from? And I looked at him, I said, Twitter. I said, right. This is where I get my news on a day-to-day basis. And he was floored by that. And I said, so many people get their news in different places, whether that is linear television, a newspaper, hard copy, digital social media these days. And all of those things exist in the same ecosystem but digital and social media are rising faster than ever. And, and it's shifting the way that consumers live. There's just the way we live our life, the way we just get something as simple as news. My husband gets his on websites. I get mine on social media. Uh, it's, it's kind of wild. So I think everyone's finally taken note of that. And the, you know, the content and, and everything and the thought and the strategy is, is coming to you know, catch up to it finally. Yeah, it's so funny. I, you know, we interview for interns and most of them are Gen Z. And when we ask where they get their sports news, they've said TikTok. And I'm like, but like, how? (laughs) Your algorithm (laughs) is smarter than all of us. That's why. I know, right? But I'm like, I guess, yeah, like when I'm looking for something, you know, generic millennial, I like look it up on Instagram. I just like do my little search. Um, But so I'm like, yes, that's like, they must just do that on TikTok. Um, but yes, I think TikTok knows me better than I know myself. TikTok, again, people ask me what what is the smartest algorithm out there, and it is hands down, it's TikTok. I'm, yes, it, I'm never, I'm a little afraid it's going to run the world one day. Uh, so I'm just very polite with it every time it gives me a really great video, just in case. It's like just in case. If you're listening, I always whether it's my Alexas or things like that, I always say thank you. I'm always very polite to my digital media because they're so smart and so much smarter than us in a lot of ways. And you know, just in case things go a little wild one day, I just want them to remember I was a very nice person to them. Totally. <laughs> um, well, what advice would you just would you give to somebody who aspires to be in your shoes someday? Uh, say yes to opportunities. Just say yes to that next step because again. College me never thought this was a was a chance. This is where I would end up. I just said I want to work in sports. Well, cool kid. That's a really, really large thing. And these days you can do so many different things. And I didn't even know what it means. But saying yes at each step, saying yes to a golf internship when I didn't, you know, didn't play golf, saying yes to, you know, marketing and sponsorships and partnerships when I knew nothing about that. And and truly. Trust the people, find yourself somebody in each step that you take that is an expert at what they do and learn from them. If you can, like just sit down and learn everything you can from the person who is really, really, really good at what they do. And even if you can be, you know, 30% as good as they are, you're, you're rounding out skill sets. So say yes to things. Don't be afraid. 
Um, it may not be where you thought you would have been at a certain point in your life. And that's okay. You can, you can find your way there eventually. Um, like I said, hopefully I find my way to the Olympics next year and that will be my dream come true. But there's no wrong answer. Just, just say yes to opportunities and trust that at the end of the day, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. And what is the best way if somebody wants to connect with you, where would you recommend oh, them great finding call. you? Uh, I just, I, I do tend to say yes to, um, you know, Twitter outreach quite a bit, but, you know, tr- generally I say, f- you know, email me, LinkedIn me. If you LinkedIn me, please send a message and tell me how you, how you heard from me. Cause I will say my one like loss is I get invites and I'm like, I don't know who you are. Like, yeah. do you need something? Do you want to learn something? How can I help you? My answer is always generally yes. But I also, if I really don't know you, I don't know if you're a bot or something like that. So LinkedIn's a great one. Um, email, smoke signal if you really need to at this point. And they're all options. Perfect. I'll put the smoke signals yeah. in the show. Yes, yes, yes. You have to be in the local uh, DC area, but you know, and, yeah. and make sure it's a controlled fire, but like just it should be fine. In all reality, I will put your LinkedIn in the show notes. Please so that's feel perfect. Free. Please feel free. And if there's literally any one person that I could help, then find something useful out of what I tell them. Great. And if not, I like new friends. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much. I think a ton of people will learn plenty from this conversation. And I just, I'm so glad we finally got to do it. This is this is the best way to spend my evening. So thank you for having me. And like I said, just, just have a wonderful night. And uh, you have a fan here anyways of the For the Ladies podcast. So it's amazing to be longtime listener, first time guest. So- <laughs> Thanks, Katie.